showing up where your prospects and referrers are in a way that brings value and is interesting and maybe even fun. You know, you're where they are, you're hanging out, and you're building relationships. You know, that's how we sell. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. My guest today is not only one of my favorite human beings professionally, but I consider her one of my dear, dear friends. Liz Hyman is joining us. She is the sales operating system architect and the founder of Regarding Sales, which by the way, has the coolest logo. I love it. Liz guides ready to scale founders and CEOs to take the chaos out of the sales and create a more sustainable growth strategy that that strengthens the pipeline and streamlines their process to increase revenue predictability. Liz, my friend, and you really, not only uh, we hang out when we go places, we've even moved together when we've traveled. Uh, There's very few folks in my world that I can talk to on a consistent basis. And you are one of them because I just absolutely love you and enjoy every minute we have together. And now I'm excited to share you with my audience. So welcome. I'm excited too. And Bryn, it's completely mutual. In fact, I can't wait till we get together in Phoenix. Yep. Our our next adventure. So I'm so excited. So there are so many things I want to ask you, but we start by asking every single uh, guest, what does making sales social mean to you? Well, can I start with what it doesn't mean? Oh, absolutely. It does not mean sending me an email that says, I saw your, your LinkedIn. And you're so impressive. And what you're doing is so incredible. And I'd love to connect. And then you connect and they say, I sell this. Do you want to buy it? Like, that's not selling social. That is like the most annoying thing in the world. Yes, agreed. (laughs) So that's not. But what it is, what it does mean, and I think is, um, you know, maybe you and I share a, a, a definition here, but to me, it's showing up where your prospects and referrers are in a way that brings value and is interesting and maybe even fun. You know, you're where they are, you're hanging out and you're building relationships. You know, that's how we sell. So I love that. And, you know, often we talk a lot about treat the person on the other side of the message the same way we would if they were on the other side of the table. And that's it, right? If this were an in-person networking meeting, we would be having fun. We'd be giggling a little bit. I'd learn more about you. You'd learn more about me. And and so I love I love that definition. So I'm going to ask you a question because you know you are most known in the sales industry for two major things. One is sales process, and the other is getting that sales process seamlessly integrated to CRM. Now, CRM, when I hear this, I go anti-social, right? Like every client I work with, they're like, we can't get our reps to use the CRM. So I'm going to start with why. Why are they not using it? So let's start there because I will tell you it is a very simple answer because you've made it so that it is not useful. So when people design their CRM, they design it with 
accounting's concerns and production's concerns and customer success concerns and sales has to struggle through the noise mm -hmm. and it's not useful. It's not helpful. It's just noisy. It's just busy work and it isn't helping them accomplish what they want to accomplish. So if you want your sales team to use the CRM, have your sales team help you design the CRM that will do the work that they need it to do. A lot of times they feel like all it's about is reporting. All you care about is reporting. And so you're making it really hard for me to do my job. And so they don't use it. So what does that look like when you go into a client and say, okay, we're going to rethink your CRM and have the sales reps participate in that? How do you do that? Well, the, the first thing is to sit with the sales reps and go through what the sales process really is. Like, what does your sales process work look like? What do you do when? What are the rules to move it from prospecting? Like, well, first, what are the stages? I use simple stages, right? I use prospect, qualify, I use cultivate, but you could use solve and close, right? Those are your three stages. And they're all four stages. And they're all INGs, right? I'm prospecting, I'm qualifying, I'm solving or cultivating, and I'm closing. They are activities happening within a stage. They are not proposal sent. Proposal sent is not a stage. I'm solving the problem. The gate to get from solving to closing is I've sent, I've gotten a verbal agreement and we have sent the proposal contract for signature, right? So right. those activities are the gates. They're the rules that move you from one stage to the next, but the stages are activities. There are a series of activities that are happening within a stage. So it's the first thing is let's be really clear about what the stages are what they mean, what the rules are to move them from stage to stage, and what helps the salesperson know where they are in the sales process. So that's the first thing. So now this is about how do we support them to, to keep track of their sales because it really was built to manage opportunities. And if you know, do you know John Farrar? Well, I love Nimble. Well, right? So, so what you may not know about John is, and what your your guests may not know about me is my dad is Steve Hyman and Steve Hyman created uh, strategic selling, which has the stages of the sales process, the very early stages of the sales Miller process. Hyman, just Miller Hyman. Yeah. So John Farrar read strategic selling and created goldmine. Which was the first CRM I ever used. It was, and it was the first standalone CRM. And so here's what's really interesting. It was built to track opportunities and a place to keep information about your clients. That's why CRMs were built, right? So if you start from that premise, and the main point of the CRM is to track the opportunity so I know where I am and what I need to do next, right? So that's the first thing. Build it so it helps your salespeople do that. And I just want to say, I love what you said. Here are your stages and here are the activities for each stage. When I'm at prospect what proposal sent because that is one of my sages and now it's going to change right change. so when i'm at proposal sent that's an activity that should go under cultivating or solving right so what i love is then there would be another activity right if i don't get a vaccine right it's not like these ridiculous little stages it's here's the four major stages and the activities. And now as a salesperson, I can know what activity I need to do next. And I love that. Yeah. And so here, I'll, I'll tell you another really funny story, which is when I go in and I look at people's 
CRMs, you're supposed to have a funnel. You're, it's not a pipeline, although we call it a pipeline, it's actually a funnel, right? So you start with 10 things in the top for each thing that comes out the bottom, that's a funnel. But when I look at everybody's CRM and they have proposals sent as a stage, guess what shape it is? It's like a vase. It's skinny at the top and got a big old bulge at the bottom. And a lot of that stuff is not ready to close. Because just because I sent them a proposal does not mean that's where they are in the buying process. So when I get those stages wrong, I am now misrepresenting where the customer is in the buying process. I have a whole bunch of stuff sitting with either proposal sent or with client, right? So it's all sitting there. But uh, like one of my clients, even if it was a budgetary proposal that they were going to use to go get funding, it still was sitting in that bottom because I sent a proposal. But just because I sent a proposal does not mean that's where they are in the buying process. In fact, they're not even qualified when we sent that first budgetary proposal. Wow. And is that because we didn't do all the right steps at the other stages? We sent it too soon? Sometimes. Sometimes it's because a client needs that before they can do anything else. I can't buy anything from you till I get funding. So could you give me a round budgetary proposal so I can go get funding? And then I can come back and buy something from you. Or maybe... Or maybe it's the first person in the sales process that is going to buy, right? Or that is asking for the proposal. So I, I sent my team out, go, go get us a CRM, go buy us this or that. And I send them out with some, with some broad instructions for which they make criteria. Then they go out to the vendors, which they see as vendors at this point, And they say, can you give me a proposal based on this criteria? And then you send it back. That is not ready for signature. That guy, that person who asked for that data is a gatekeeper. There's somebody who's been sent out to gather information. They're not really probably important part of the buying process because once you get past them, there's a whole bunch of other people that have to say, yes, this works for me or no, it doesn't. And mm-hmm. we think that that person has buying power when they don't. So now it's just sitting there as if it's ready to close. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. When in fact, there's a whole bunch of activities. So it really still may be at qualifying because we don't even know if the rest of the buyers, if this solves their problem the way it should, or if they meet the right criteria for us. We just know that we met a certain set of criteria for that. So that's brilliant. That really is. And that's why that can't be a stage because that could be anywhere in the cycle. And, 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 and so we, we just because we think it's the end of the sales process doesn't mean it's the end of the buying process, which means our buying process and our sales process are misaligned. Yeah. Brilliant. Really, really, really brilliant. I love that. Now we have the CRM. We've talked to the reps. We're using this more effectively. What can we do first to create an environment where the sales reps want to use the CRM? There's benefit to them. And then, you know, how how can the CRM actually help in the cultivating side of things. Okay, so so here's the first thing. A CRM is not helpful if it's not up to date. So as a sales rep, as soon as it gets out of date, I stop looking at it. And I personally am guilty. I have all these activities in there. I haven't kept it up to date. And I, I now don't want to look at it because it's out of date. 
So one of the first things that we can do, one is if you have very busy sales reps, I'm going to suggest something that is like most sales leaders will cringe at, get them sales support, get them a team that will help them keep their CRM up to date. Cheap. It's a really cheap solution. So that's one thing. The other is holding them accountable. So until you get into the habit of working in your CRM, it's always going to be out of date. And then you're going to have this job to do at the end of every week to update your CRM, which is time consuming and not fun and nobody likes to do it. And the reason your CRM is out of date is because you're not working in it. Now, it's hard to work in your CRM when you're traveling, but we do have a handheld version and we can you know, type in. Someday somebody brilliant is going to make it so I can speak in what I want to have happen after a meeting. Here's the notes. Here's the state changes the stage and so forth, which we can't do yet. AI hasn't gotten us there. But what you can do, can I do this, is I will voice to text and email it and the email will attach to the contact. Right. Right. Um, so it's not perfect, but, but but there are things that you can do. So, but the idea is that you work in your CRM as much as possible. That's the first thing. And the second thing is as sales managers, as sales leaders, we hold our team accountable to keep that CRM up to date. Once they get in the habit of doing it, they'll continue to do it. Once they get out of the habit of doing it, they'll stop doing it because it's out of date and it's not useful. Every week you have a mini, a 15 minute mini Funnel review. Once a month, you have a full-on funnel review. That helps them keep their CRM up to date and helps you make sure that you understand what's really going on as a leader so you can make appropriate decisions about resources. So that's one thing, um, is that we, we nudge them to keep it up to date so that it's accurate. Two is we make sure that whoever's putting data in is doing it accurately. So if you have a customer experience team or you have an accounting team or whatever, they are not undermining sales work by putting in a lot of junk into mm. the program. So I have a team that the accounting sends these fictitious contacts that are just a number because they purchased something and that's in there under my list of contacts. So the, how, what am I supposed to do with that? So every time somebody else sends junk into the CRM, it, it undermines the ability to use it. No. And Fly at companyname.com is now in my CRM. Right? So, um, or ST1355 right. is not a person I can call, right? So the other thing is providing a tool that helps keep the CRM up to date. So there are lots of tools that will provide the most current information about who's in what position in a company. So if I'm selling enterprise and I've got a bunch, I've got a hundred leads in the funnel over the course of two years, somebody's got to help me keep that up to date. That's crazy. I can't do it. People change positions so often. Provide me a tool that helps me do it. Maybe use LinkedIn to do it. Giving me things that make it easy for me to keep the data up to date. Um, and I forget what the question was now, but we were getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think it was around how do you get them to use it? To, to, you know, we now have it set up based on their criteria and what they need, but still adoption is difficult. Yeah. So what are some things that we can do other than accountability that get them a little excited to use it or interested in using it? Well, accountability is one of the biggest things. The other thing is you hold, you know, their KPIs. So right now, sales are most salespeople are measured on one of two things or a combination of. One is how many calls did you make? How many meetings did you have? Mm -hmm. Okay, really? I'm a senior sales rep and you're going to count how many meetings I had? Seriously? That's how you treat me as a sales rep? Like, okay, I understand you have an SDR. They got to make 90 calls a day because that's their job. But don't treat me that way. 
Brent, I think you were on a call with me one time where the woman said, uh, I, I make more money than anybody else. I sell more than anybody else in the company. I get all of my leads through referrals and I'm in trouble every single week because I didn't make enough phone calls. It's crazy. Like, how is that helpful? So now if as a company leader, we, we tie KPIs to funnel activity, now we have something to measure that's helpful. Did you keep your funnel up to date? When we did the funnel review, was it up to date or was everything out of date, all the due dates overdue, wrong numbers, wrong state, right? That's a KPI. Because I can't do my job if you don't do that, first of all. Two, I can't help you if I don't understand what's going on in your funnel. How do I make sure you have the leads that you need or the support that you need or the coaching that you need if what's in the funnel isn't accurate? So that's one KPI. Second KPI, is there enough in the top of the funnel to get you what you need out the bottom of the funnel? I should know those numbers if it's one to 10 and your sales cycle six months, we can do the math and figure out what you you need to have in the top of your funnel and moving through your funnel. So what's in the top of the funnel? What are the ratios from stage to stage? What's the velocity? Are things just sitting there for months on end that nothing's happening? Now your KPIs are tied to these things, something real, mm-hmm. not something fake, right? Something mm-hmm. real that matters because if your ratios aren't right and your funnel isn't full, you're not going to hit your numbers, regardless of how many phone calls you make. Correct. I right? Love- so now I'm measuring something that has impact. And then the next thing that I do is every single open opportunity or deal should have a next action. Whether you put it in as a field in the CRM or you put an activity, every single one should have one. So I know what I'm doing next and it should be written when I hang up the phone or leave the meeting or whatever, send the proposal. So, and then you have the salespeople view it from everything that's overdue and this week. So now it's easy to to focus And I can see, hey, dude, why do you have 75 things overdue? Are you not doing work or are you getting distracted or, you know, like what's happening? So now we can have real conversations about things that I can help you with to hit your numbers. That's amazing. I love this. Um, So now we've got the reps. What are are some data we want to be collecting on beyond the obvious discovery question and answers? Well, so it depends on who's who's collecting it. And this is the other thing, right? Am I collecting it for marketing? So marketing needs to know what industry people are in. They might need to know know what technology they use because now I'm going to support the sales team by sending out the right right content to the right people. Like Mm -hmm. that's powerful. So put what industry they're in, put what technology they use. Um, another, Another thing is, you know, how many new opportunities have been put in the top of the funnel? You can track that. You can have a separate standalone data set. So I know, okay, my entire team hasn't put enough in, but this person's put way more in and this hasn't put any in. You can also have a track velocity. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, there's this other thing about understanding what you're looking for and how to look at it. And I could do a whole discussion on using the right graphic representation for the right data piece, data point. Like people use funnels for really bizarre things. I'm like, no, a funnel represents momentum. It is not you know, you don't put the people's names in the different stages, like, <laughs> you know, and this should be a, a circle graph and this should be a bar graph and you can measure these things at the same time. So it's really about not just what you're measuring, but how are you looking at it to get meaning from it? And so a lot of sales leaders don't know, you know, how to look at the data that they have because it's put in in such a way that they can't, they can't track it. So many brilliant things. I love this and, and, and our time goes so fast. 
I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. There were amazing insights here for sales leaders. So if, if we've got a sales leader listening and saying, you know what, we're having adoption issues with our CRM, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, easiest way is you can either go to my website, which is regardingsales.com and schedule an appointment. I will do a 30 minute, no obligation strategy call with you. Uh, the other is to go to my LinkedIn. So I'm Liz Hyman, H-E-I-M-A-N. And I think I'm the only one. So um, Lovely. Oh, I just love talking with you. I learn something every single time. Thank you, my friend, for joining us. And for our listeners, when you're out and about, don't forget to make your sales social. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.